Time doesn't exist in quarantine. No, it doesn't. Or in Oz. Or in Oz. I mean, according to the time dragon clock. The melting occurred 13th hour, the direct result of a bucket of water thrown by a female child. There has to be people listening who are annoyed by us. I mean, I am, so. (laughs) My name's Quincy. My name's Kevin. And this is Sentimental Men. But keep your thumb away from that skip button. We're here to talk. And maybe scream. About our favorite women in musical theater. Guys, thanks so much for listening. We're here. Quincy, can you believe (laughs) the journey that we are on? But honestly, I feel like this is the perfect thing for us to be doing together. Yeah, I feel like this has been building since the very first day that we met. Yeah, okay, so should we give that story? I think so. I think that story is our, we were both very young at school. Okay, so how do we start this? Kevin was working at a theater company in New York City, and I was a college student because I am, what, everyone younger than Kevin I have nothing nice to say about that, Quincy. I was hoping to get a little bit of a reaction from you. I was working at this company and Quincy was interviewing, a theater company, and Quincy was interviewing to be our summer intern. Um, And we, I like asked all of my regular questions. And then my like fun question at the end of every interview was, what is your favorite musical? Which always gives me anxiety personally, because it is like Wicked the Musical is my favorite musical of all time. But I feel like it's a little sketchy because like if when you say that Wicked is your favorite musical, I feel like theater snobs tend to like immediately write you off. They're like, oh, he doesn't know anything about theater because he likes Wicked, you know? So Quincy bears his soul and he says, my favorite musical is Wicked and my gay ass lights up because Wicked is also my favorite musical. Um, So then, of course, my follow up question was, who's your favorite Elphaba? Which immediately to me was okay so like he knows wicked like because i feel like if you ask who's your favorite alphabet then it's like okay we're in a different realm of liking wicked you know yeah so i mean this was a this could have been a real turning point so you asked me who my favorite alphabet was and i was like okay i need to pick something that's gonna impress him and like make sure that he knows that i know my shit so i said willamine for kike because I was like, oh, she's done it in so many languages. She's like, like that is an intelligent answer to give for who's your favorite alphabet. Yeah. She's phenomenal. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like, is one of my favorites. And then we started talking. And then I think I asked a question back to you. And you said Stephanie J. Block. And you like referenced a photo because she was on, there was a picture of her on the wall of like the office that we were in. And that's like, I remember I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I didn't say Stephanie J. Block. Once I said Stephanie J. Block, then we got on a little Stephanie J. Block train. Then we like connected. I feel. And we connect. Yeah, it was like we imprinted on each other in that moment. <laughs> and then a year and a half later. So it was like the beginning of quarantine. I was going through a rough time. I feel like you were going through a better time than I was at the beginning of quarantine. I'm so happy it came off that way. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was texting Kevin and... You saw something on Twitter that was like a Venn diagram of... Oh, yes. So I saw something that was like a three-circle Venn diagram. But then I was like, what if we sorted or categorized the alphabas into this Venn diagram? And the categories were a wizard and I alphabet, 
a defying gravity alphabet and a no good deed alphabet which then sparks like a whole conversation of like okay so what makes a wizard and i alphabet because i yeah. think it's more on the surface it seems like oh she's great at that song so she's a wizard and i alphabet but i think if we like take it deeper mm-hmm. it's like a wizard and i alphabet their whole performance as alphabet is different than a no good deed alphabet but it's interesting because like yeah they're like three obviously huge 11 o'clock numbers yes but are very different. I agree. Yeah, and it was just like so much fun and like something for me at least to focus on and like kind of get me out of like the like heavy place that the yeah. world was in, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so then quarantine progressed. Yeah. I texted you, okay, I have a hot take. I think Stephanie J. Block is uh, the Wizard and I alphabet and I know that's touchy because her making good, the song was cut for yeah. Adina's ultimately the Wizard and I. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think she's a Wizard Eye Alphaba. And then I had this moment after I sent where I was like, wow, it's so cool that I have someone in this world that like I can send that to. And it's a conversation starter, you know, because it's so yes. weird and so niche. Yeah, it's nice. And it, and I feel like that is kind of like the um, the through line of our friendship is is that like we are both unapologetically interested and invested in musical theater. Yeah, and I also think like there's an added layer, at least that I realize, because like we both work in the industry, so right. we can't... And we both work in the industry and not as actors, which yes. I think is a big part of it too. But like love an actor, obviously love to see a show. Love an actress. Love an actress, which is also another founding block of this a podcast. founding Stephanie J. Block of this podcast. <laughs> Stephanie Jibok. So we're texting back and forth and I was like, this is so cool. Love this. And I was like, we should start a podcast where we interview actresses who have played Alphaba. And I mentioned it seriously, but kind of like in a casual way where like, obviously not expecting you to commit to anything just as, as like a right. fun idea to throw around. And then I replied in all caps. Like, yes. Because <laughs> yeah, then we started like spitting ideas back and forth and you were like, just so you know, I'm 100% serious about this. And I was like, oh my God, thank God. So am I. <laughs> So for this first like trial run episode, Quincy, I think that what we should do is just kind of go through a couple alphabas and hash it out if they are a Wizard and I alphaba, a Defying Gravity alphaba, or a No Good Deed alphaba. But before we get into that, we mentioned Stephanie J. Block in our origin story. Miss Block is a very large part of this friendship, whether she knows it or not. I feel like Stephanie J. Block is a big part of a lot of gay friendships. <laughs> oh my god so we thought it'd be fun if every episode we had a moment to just kind of talk about our girl sjb what she's been up to something maybe we saw or listened to that like reignited our love for her Mm -hmm. kevin i think you're gonna take it away for this stuck on sjb Yeah, so today the SJB that I'm stuck on is I recently saw this video, and I'm sure I sent it to you, Quincy, or maybe you sent it to me. I It could have been either. Um, but it's of Stephanie J. Block performing the role of Belle at Disneyland. <laughs> and it's like the kind of like wild vocal abandon that like only a 20-year-old can sing with, you know what I mean? Like it is fully just like the most youthful SJB standing center stage wanting adventure in the great wide somewhere. But also it's so easy for her like it's Uh, not like you're worried if she's gonna make it through the song or not it's just like so easy and you can tell it's easy for her which i love Mm -hmm. yeah and i feel like that is a a through line of ms block 
Sure. Because even, I mean, she's got a little bit of rasp to her upper register, but mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't sound like a vocal damage rasp. It just sounds like that's what her voice is like up there. And I'm never worried about it. But here's the thing. I love to be worried about my alpha buzz. I know you do. It's so stressful to me, Quincy. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, it sounds sadistic, but... I don't know. I think that adds like a level of excitement. Like she's flying up in the air. You don't know if she's going to hit all the notes, but then she always does because they always do. And you're like, wow. But yeah, I do think in the future, here's the thing. We're manifesting that we will have Stephanie J. Block on as a guest at some point in the future. Yes. And I do think it's important that we discuss the Disneyland origin because that is like a huge I feel like part of her life, her career, and therefore our lives and our careers. Right. If she didn't book that Disney World job, we would we would not have this podcast right now. Sure, which we will get into whenever we talk to her. I think we should get into this bowl of of green women. Um, you guys can't see, but I have a bowl full of the names of every actress who has played Alphaba on Broadway. And here's the thing. I love a good tour Alphaba and I love a good standby Alphaba. However, there's just so many at this point that like we had to cut it, you know? So we're just doing the Broadway Alphabas. Okay, so we're going to go through and we're going to categorize the Alphabas based on whether we think they're the Wizard and I Alphaba, Defying Gravity Alphaba, No Good Deed Alphaba. And there's nothing shady about this. We are just like, there are the Wizard and I Alphabas, there are Defying Gravity Alphabas, and there are No Good Deed Alphabas. And we're going to talk, but guys, let us know if you think that we're wrong. If you think someone else is, if we say someone's a Defying Gravity Alphaba, but you're like, no, they're a Wizard and I Alphaba. I would love for that to be a discourse that we have with people. Correct. Who's our first one? This is so, this is historic. <laughs> oh, this is kind of a hard one to start with. The first one is Willemind Verkaik. Okay, I don't think that's hard at all, but you go first. Whoa, okay, that made me nervous. Okay, here's the thing about Miss Verkaik. She is a gold star alphabet. If I had to say, like, what song is her moment and what song I feel like informs the rest of her performance, I really think... I'm oh, I'm going to say she's a Defying Gravity Alphaba. I think she's a No Good Deed Alphaba. Okay, that's what I was leaning towards. That's what I was leaning towards. Because I, to me, I think that her whole performance like drives to that moment. And I think that her vocal technique is different because she learned to sing in a different language. And so like where her placement is and the way she uses her voice is so different. And it's, and it, to me, it's just like, it, it has this like strength to it that, is at its best in No Good Deed. Well, because here's the thing. She could very easily be any of the three songs as yes. like a performance. But I think your argument of No Good Deed informs the rest of her performance is very accurate. I agree that she is a No Good Deed alpha, but I was wrong. You were right. Sure. Oh, we're off to a good start <laughs> if that's how all of these are going to end. <laughs> okay, next one. Oh, this is an interesting one. And someone who I have recently... I've, I mean, I've always been into her, but I recently have really like taken a deep dive on this actress. I wonder if it'd be fun if I give you some hints. Ooh, yeah. I'm going to give you hints. Ooh, a game, a game. Okay. This actress uh, who has played Alphaba on Broadway uh-huh. is one of a handful of actresses to have not played Alphaba anywhere else before doing it on Broadway. Okay. Some might say, and by some might say, I believe that this is factually, like, this is true. She was the first actress to play Alphaba on Broadway without having it done it somewhere else. I don't know. I need a, I need a second hint. Okay. 
let's say before Vosk, but after Carrie Ellis. Mm-hmm. So second era. So like past that first like initial group of women who played Alphaba. Okay. Was it Mandy? No, it was Nicole Parker. Oh, sure. Okay. That was a shitty hint, Quincy. I didn't want to be like, she was on Mad TV. Like, why would I, why would I give you that? That's so easy. I feel like you overselled the fact that Broadway was her first go at Alphaba. I don't think that's as like rare I think it is because think about it. Aside Not from the between initial, Carrie Ellis and Vosk, are you kidding me? There's like four that that went straight to. <sighs> okay, so let's let's take a trip down memory lane. So, <laughs> according to our knowledge, the initial group of women to audition for the role of Alphaba were Adina, mm-hmm. SJB, mm-hmm. Julia Murney, mm-hmm. Anna Gasteyer. Mm-hmm. I think that's it so far that we we're going to talk about. And the the one. And the one that I want to wait that until we should my... sit on for a minute. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One of the OG Alphabas told me that this actress was in the room for the original Wicked auditions as if it was common knowledge. And she told me and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I think you just blew my entire mind because yeah. I don't think that's I don't think anyone knows that, you know. So I'm not going to say it now because I want to see if we can get this actress on and if she'll tell that story for us on the podcast because I feel like that's better. And if we can't, if we can't, we'll we'll reveal on the last episode who it is. Yeah. Back to Nicole Parker being the first alphabet to have not done it anywhere else. Oh, you the first. I thought you said the only. I take it all back. No, the first. I'm sorry. Because then you go to Shoshana, mm-hmm. who Shoshana was the standby, standby second Nessa cover. <laughs> Which yes, let's talk about that. Because um, Eden was also the standby for Adina. Oh, but then Eden left to do Brooklyn, right? And then Shoshana was a standby. I think I'll fact check that, guys. And then Anna Gasteyer, who did in Chicago, Julia Murney, who also was in the original room. I might be making. I'm not making this up, but Julia Murney was the first person in New York to sing "Defying Gravity," I believe. Have you seen that video? That's like earliest recording of "Defying Gravity," and it's Liz Calloway. Yeah, what is that? Who do we have to get on to talk about that? Stephen Schwartz? Uh, let's get Liz Calloway. If she was the first, I want to talk to her about it. Only only to talk about that, not about her career, just about... No, I don't want to talk about Baby. I don't want to talk about Anastasia. I don't want to talk about any of that. I just want to know what the recording of the demo was like. And who was in the room when she sang it at that live performance? Because there is an audio recording of some live performance that she did. And I'm like, wait, what yeah. is this? Liz Calloway needs to be included in this narrative of the early days of Wicked. We'll figure that out, guys. We'll figure that out. Uh, yeah, so then we get to SJB, who, you know, we all know has a long history with Wicked. If you don't know, there will be an episode on that at some point when she agrees to come on. And then Carrie Ellis, who obviously replaced Adina on the West End and then came to Broadway. And then you have Marcy Dodd, who came from tour, and Nicole Parker. So she was the first. I, I take it all back. I thought you said the only, and I, you said the first. You said I was right. Now I'm saying you were right. Thank you so much. And you know what? That is what friendship is all about. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. So Nicole Parker. Nicole Parker. uh, I don't know. I think she's either a no good dude or a defying gravity alphaba. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel like she's a wizard and I alphaba. (laughs) Interesting. Because I think she does wistful hopeful i have dreams for my future i'm bright-eyed and bushy-tailed like i think that is her gig in alphaba you know yeah i do also think that there is a difference between her broadway alphaba and her 
tour Alphaba because she did Broadway in 2009, I believe, and then came back and did the tour. Ugh, what years was it? She did the tour like many years after her Broadway run. And I do feel like they were both very different interpretations of it. And I uh-huh. tend to think she was having a little more fun in the tour run of Alphaba. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. Okay, so what did you say? You said she's a Defying Gravity? Yeah, I'll say Defying Gravity. Final answer. Okay. So guys, let us know, because I think I'm going to stick with The Wizard and I. So let us know what you think. Okay, so for this next one, let's pull Teal Wicks. Ooh. Of Share Show fame. Of Share Show fame. Do you think Michaela Diamond will ever play Alphaba? I hope so, honestly. I do too. I think she'd be excellent. Um, Teal Wicks, I think... Teal Wicks is a defying gravity alphabet, actually. I'm going to die on that hill. I 100% agree. Oh, perfect. Okay, cool. I also think that we don't talk about Teal Wicks enough. As a community. Yeah, like she was a fantastic alphabet. I am glad they brought Teal Wicks in because uh, she's one of my favorites, TBH. Okay, so next one. Ooh. You know her, you love her. Shoshana Bean is next. Ooh, Shoshana. Who I just have to say, I know I just said this at about two weeks, but I'm like, as a community, we appreciate Shoshana Bean, but we don't appreciate Shoshana Bean enough, you know? Correct. Did you see her in Waitress? Uh-uh. Mm. Okay, but Songs for a New mm-hmm. World at New York City Center was her, like, return to the New York stage. Yeah, it was, that was her welcome back party. And it was a moment. I will never forget the moment where she walks out in the opening and she sang her literal first line and the entire audience went, mm. I think I have never been more vocal in an audience than I was at that show. That, yeah. Okay, so I... I'm having a hard time picking like a song for Shoshana's Alphaba. So I would love for you to take this one. I have something in mind, but I want to hear your thoughts first. So I also had a really hard time narrowing her down. And here's why. Because I think that Shoshana comes out at the top of her show and she is 18-year-old Alphaba. And then by the time we get to the end of the show, she is thir- whatever, however old Alphaba is supposed to be. Like she mm-hmm. feels very different to me at the start than the beginning well and sorry to kind of get off track but that reminded me we all talk about shoshana Bean as a vocalist like she is a stellar vocalist but after seeing her in waitress i was like oh my god no wait she's a great vocalist but like the acting the acting yes and i think that rehearsal video stars in the moon iconic she deserves an oscar for that that one and the the broadway.com she used to be mine stupid a plus a plus a plus Mm -hmm. but so i think I would classify her as a no good deed alphabet because that song is so wordy and so their syntax is really weird in all the sentences, but she navigates that so well. And they, they're all of the intention is really clear. And so I think I'm so glad that you brought up her acting ability because I think that her acting ability makes her no, a no good deed alphabet. Okay. So I agree exactly. Kind of. When we first like started talking about this, I was confused, but I was pretty sure that she was going to be a Defying Gravity alphabet. Mm-hmm. Just because I think her acting really shines in Defying Gravity. And I will say the like different riffs and runs that she does in Defying Gravity are kind of brilliant. Mm-hmm. 
they serve the character in a way that I think riffs can sometimes not, you yes. know, and also very unique in that they haven't really been done. A lot of her riffs aren't done often. You know, it's kind of like a, a jokey thing uh, amongst us all that like mm-hmm. she do- she loves a riff. You know what I mean? Like she yeah. she is not a girl who sings the melody. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that, you know, all of her kind of ornamentation comes from an acting choice. It's all justified. It's all justified. And I think that's that's really what makes the difference. There are two sides to the riff debate where some people really hate riffs. And it's like, if the composer wanted you to sing it, they would write it. So I don't understand why you think that you you as an actor can take liberties. But I think if the riff is justified and rooted in the character and rooted in acting, I'm all for it. Give it to me. Let's do it. And the thing that I love about Shoshana too, and she did this a lot. Uh, if you watch that She Used to Be Mine video, it's, mm-hmm. it's very apparent. It's not only just a riff on the melody, but she like plays with the music underneath her too. Like she is mm-hmm. such a smart musician mm-hmm. and such a good actress. And it like all comes together into a powerhouse every time. So I was leaning to find gravity, but then when we started talking about her acting and waitress and songs, I was like, oh, it has to be no good deed. Yeah. I mean, I can't talk enough about Shoshana Bean. And neither can I. But you guys don't want to sit here and listen to us go through every single Broadway alphabet. And if you do, you've found your people. You've found your people and we will do them all at some point. I think in the history of Kevin and I discussing Wicked, it has become apparent that I, Quincy, am very alphaba biased when it comes to the show and kevin i don't want to say you're glinda by no you are glinda biased kevin is yeah well i wouldn't say that you're alphaba biased either okay it's just like the same way that like you like Catherine mcphee and i like megan hilty you know what i mean it's like it's not that we don't like the other one it's just that part of our shtick is that we will defend our choice (laughs) forever and ever so we thought because our kind of we haven't gotten into this yet but our kind of plan for this first season of the podcast is to speak to actresses who have played Alphaba. But we thought it would be kind of fun to have a segment where Kevin gets 30 seconds. 30 seconds to talk about Glinda Upland of the Upper Uplands. Kevin's Glinda Corner. Okay, so here's what I'll say. I'll, to For this first edition of the segment, I would just like to explain my thinking to you because I don't think <laughs> I've ever actually given you like my thesis statement about Glinda. And here's no. what, here is why I'm more, a bigger fan of the role of Glinda, because I love a vocal journey. And I think that Glinda, as a role, has a vocal journey built into it in a way that Alphaba as a role does not. Sure. Alphaba kind of comes out right out of the gate and you're like, this is what you're getting and you're going to get it for the whole show, essentially. Right. But with Glinda, if you move No One Mourns the Wicked to the end of the show and think about her chronologically. Oh, that's true. Our introduction to her is this kind of trill presentational soprano. And then she kind of reveals herself to be this like poppy young girl. Then she moves into this kind of womanly chest voice, which is a growth of who she is at the start. And then we see her flip back into that soprano Mm -hmm. as a public figure and a leader. And so I just think that 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 groundwork is there. And so it is, I am often more excited by Glinda's mm-hmm. than I am by Alphaba's. But I love an Alphaba, or I wouldn't have agreed to sit here and talk about her with you for, for 10 episodes. I obviously love a Glinda. Kevin, I think, has a deeper love than I do for Glinda. So that's why we're letting him have his moment. Well, thank you for this moment. 
I guess kind of to wrap up, guys, Kevin, do you want to talk about what we have planned for this first season, where we kind of want to take it, where we see it going? Yeah, sure. So when we were trying to figure out how to explore this role without it just being the same conversation with 12 different actresses, we were doing some thinking and I was like, well, what if we did it kind of chronologically through the show? And we kind of start at the beginning and we break down each scene, what we learn about Elphaba, what she learns about herself, where she is in her vocal journey, where she is in her emotional journey. And I think by doing that, we can kind of dive a little deeper into each section rather than just hitting the surface level over and over and over. Mm -hmm. So I think that would be kind of a fun way to dive in deeper. And again, Miss Block. Uh, Miss Block, if you're listening, we will create a special Making Good versus The Wizard and I episode just for you. We already have it outlined. You just need to call in. <laughs> But yeah, that's it, guys. First episode. That's it. See you next week. See you next week or next month or I don't know. Time is an illusion to me now. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. You've been listening to Sentimental Men. This episode was produced, edited, and hosted by Quincy Brown and Kevin Bianchi. Thanks to Julia DeMarzo for our thrillifying artwork. And thanks to you for tuning in. You can reach us at sentimentalmenpod at gmail.com. Or on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at sentmenpod. That's S-E-N-T-M-E-N-P-O-D. Till next time, I'm Quincy. And I'm Kevin. <clears throat> You've been listening to Sentimental Men. That's my line. You can't. <laughs> I didn't even notice.